Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Invest in Your Future. I'm your host, Kenny, CEO of Corinda Group Corporation. I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode. We're here every Thursday to help give back in terms of knowledge and help guys um, improve their lives in terms of finances, also help people with businesses, entrepreneurship, and we're always trying to give back in terms of knowledge. But also we try to bring on guests here that are successful and done great things for themselves so they can give you kind of a background of what it takes to be a high achiever, a high performer. And um, first of all, I want to make sure that uh, you guys get reminded that we have in Zoom calls every Wednesday. It's really to help people um, start their own businesses because I know a lot of people struggling when it comes to um, starting their own enterprise. And also, um, I know a lot of people are out of jobs and out of work. And so we try to give back by giving that education. And uh, we've had a lot of success with it. And I hope you guys show up. There will be a link to um, the Zoom calls every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you guys can join us, bring your questions, bring ideas. If you have um, ideas for businesses that you want to start, we try to help out any way we can. Now, without any further ado, I want to bring on a special guest. Uh, his name is Ian Malera. He's well, I'm actually my cousin, a great, great friend of mine, great cousin, a uh, great family member. Um, he has really done great things for himself, a real rags to riches story. And I really want to bring him on because he's very educated, very smart, young black man, done great things for himself. And I think so many people can learn from his story and also his, um, his steps he's taken to get to where he is. So Ian is a CEO and president of Conquest Solutions. He runs uh, a large firm down in D.C. He's worked with government uh, contracts. He's worked with private enterprises. He's done work with almost all different types of companies in terms of learning and building businesses in terms of how to create smart systems for buildings and also um, educate people on how to do this so you can hire people and teach someone else how to do the same thing. Um, he's been in the business for 11 plus years. So you know he's gotten through all the ups and downs. He's going to go through all of it. And uh Ian, you want to introduce yourself? Um, don't know what to say what, um, above and beyond what you've already said, but um, I am Ian Malira. I am president and CEO of Conquest Solutions. And as Kenny has alluded to, we've been around for about 11 years. A little bit of background on the business and what it is that we do is we are subject matter experts in building automation systems. That's a fancy way to basically say we make buildings smart. Um, and how we make buildings smart is by um, increasing efficiency. So we're all about reducing energy use. Um, but as it relates to building automation systems, anything in a building um, or membrane, as I call it, um, that can be controlled, we are the experts that put together the systems that monitor all those things. So lighting systems, HVAC, door access, um, anything that's involved with heating, cooling, and maintaining the operation of any facility or building or campus. Um, we are the subject matter experts on how to design um, the systems, how to configure the systems, and also how to um, QA, QC, or quality assure and quality control um, all the systems that are being installed. So a lot of the systems we work on are very big, massive facility systems um, with government agencies or local agencies, but essentially our service is open to um, every aspect of the federal and municipal and also now private sector. Um, I have a tendency to ramble on. So what I'll do is just kind of stop and, and, and check in with you because I can talk all day. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's actually, this is about you. We're bringing it on for you uh, to, to explain 
how um, how your business started. But actually, let's 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 rewind a little bit and thank you for the introduction. So let's rewind a little bit. Let's start with um, where did you go to school and what did you study when you went to school? Ah, okay. Yeah. So I went to Northeastern University. Um, I started out as an electrical engineer um, as an initial discipline. Um, I've always been really good with my hands. And so while I was in my freshman year, there was a program called, there was regular electrical engineering, which is 100% theory, dealing with circuits and things like that, right? Then I found there's a uh, program called electrical engineering technology. And what it was, was instead of having 100% of the theory, there was 75% theory and 25% um, application, meaning we were in labs a lot, doing a lot of systems testing, um, checking voltages, uh, building circuits, and things like that. And that was more appealing to me because, you know, obviously I use my hands. And so when I checked into the program, it was a perfect fit for me and I went into it. While I was in school, I worked at the facilities division um, at the university. And so I did everything from being an auto mechanic, a carpenter, um, HVAC technician, steam fitter. They put me through all the different trades other than locksmith. They figured I'd get in trouble, you know. So <laughs> what it did for me was expose me to a lot of different things. Um, but where things really took a turn was when they brought me into the control systems um, room that we had on campus. Um, now this room is the systems that we design now um, that pay attention to all the buildings on campus. So they had a portfolio of over a hundred buildings and you could see these systems and they were like, is this what you're doing in class? And I'm like, yes. All of a sudden, this is my second to last year, all of a sudden, school meant everything for me. Whereas before I was just kind of, you know, doing the same old thing that everybody else does, hanging around, get your degree, have fun while you're there. But that was really when things clicked for me. And I said, wow, like, this is actually what I'm doing in class and I can do it in real life. And so that's really um, how things got started. Um, I love Northeastern University. Um, I, I love the degree that I got. Um, would I go back? Right now, I can't answer that question because things have been working so well. If I did go back, it would definitely be to further enhance um, what I already have now. So nice. that's my Eastern spiel. Nice. No, that's great. That's great. Because so you went to Northeastern, go Huskies. Um, and he, um, you, so you, you started off with just electrical engineering, correct? Yes. Okay. And then you went into systems. And when, when you, um, when you were working, because I want, before we get into the systems and everything in your job right now, what were you doing in terms of, um, like, let's say entrepreneurship? I mean, did you, did you, were you doing like side hustles at all? What were you doing in terms of making money and, and learning like how to, you know, go by and, you know, not live on ramen noodles? <laughs> Love the ramen noodles. Um, don't disrespect. But um, it's funny that you say that because I've had so many different jobs, especially when I was in school. If I had to put a number to it, I'd say between 10 and 12 jobs throughout um, my time at Northeastern. Uh, but as it relates to sort of the entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. when I was in school, I did a lot of side hustles. Um, one of my main side hustles was fixing cars, um, one, because I had access to the, um, the facilities at the university. Um, what I did with that was work with people to fix their cars and things like that. But what I really got into was sound systems and anything audiovisual related with cars. So I installed TVs in cars and the visors and the dashboards and the headrests. I put sound systems in numerous hundreds of sound systems in. And so really, sorry, that's my water. Sorry. 
So really, um, early on, I already had the knack for um, pursuing um, a business venture. I just didn't know it. Mm. Uh, but what I will tell you is, from uh, um, the, the entrepreneurial spirit that Kenny is constantly talking about and how people need to um, be motivated in what they're doing, he's not just saying that just to say it. Um, there is a lot of fact and weight behind that statement because you can't truly start a bit, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I just want to get this statement out uh, as a baseline. But you can't um, truly um, be a business owner unless what it is you're doing, you have some passion for. You have to have a level of passion for it. Um, otherwise, it's going to be hard to um, get through all the tough times. Um, being a business owner and an entrepreneur in general, it's ebbs and tides. I mean, it, it's just it's just up and down, and you just have to be confident that 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 you know, just like the stock market, they tell you it goes up and down, but over time, it is it is you know going up. So sure, that's not that's a great point um, for all you listeners out there. Um, he he started with just a, a, a love for being you know handy in terms of you know installing TVs and audio and putting that bass in people's trunks, which you know, I was a fan of also. Um, but then you, you, so you started like, you know, doing all types of jobs in terms of working at the school. But um, when did you like realize, okay, you know what? Because um, well, I mean, you, you graduated obviously with a electrical engineering degree, right? And I know uh, Northeastern does co-ops also. Were you doing any kind of co-ops at all with that? With a... Yes, yes. Um, so while I was doing all these different side hustles, I was also, um, sorry, let me rewind. The co-op program at Northeastern University is essentially a program that is set up to allow people who are going to school to have a practical application um, out in the real world. Um, the program, I think it's a very good program. It was started with the intent of giving people experience while in school so that when you graduated um, college, you essentially had two years worth of experience. That was very good for me because in addition to all the different side hustle jobs I was doing, um, I actually had three different jobs in the industry that I went to school for. So what I was really able to do early on is determine, hey, I don't like this, I do like this, I don't like that, and moving forward that way. Um, the, the, the 12 jobs I mentioned do not include my co-op jobs, which were, were three of them. Wow. But I mean, I did everything from dishwashing, I was valeting, I was an el freight elevator operator, um, gosh, so many different things that, that I did. And it was literally just for the hustle to get enough money to pay for my apartment and just live. Um, so my whole mindset early on was really, I need a place to stay. I need to eat. How can I achieve these goals? I got to get money. Mm. Well, the only way to make money when you're 18, 19 years old is to just get multiple jobs. You don't have a developed enough skill set to just say, hey, I'm going to do this and and move forward there are people in the world like that that can do it so don't don't take me saying that it didn't work for me as you not being able to do it i've heard stories you know with limo companies car wash companies don't let anybody ever judge you for what business you get into because all they're doing is hating on you for what you have decided to put first and achieve over their happiness so i say what i say but i don't say it to discourage you i say it to embolden you Sure. No, great point. Great point. Because um, like you mentioned, he, you know, when you're young, especially if you're young, you'll say you're 18 and under or maybe just turned 18, 19, 20. 
um, the skill set is not there yet. And it's a great point. But does not it should not limit you in terms of cap of how much money you can make. Because right now you can do so many things, especially when it comes to the internet and online businesses. Um, you just have to be creative enough and figure out a problem that you can solve. And hopefully, you know, you can make some money off of it. And like my cousin mentioned right here, you know, and if you don't have any skills right now, which is fine, you know, you have to be like he is. You have to be humble enough to hustle. I mean, he did dishwashing. He did installing TVs. And I'm pretty sure he did a lot of things that he did not want to do. But when you have bills and you want to eat and you want to finish school, you have to do what you have to do right now to, to make the money, to make the ends meet. So right now, guys, if you take any note right now, is you have to be humble enough to hustle. It does not matter where the money comes from right now. Just get the money in your pocket and hopefully you can grow from that and learn or maybe learn a skill set from wherever you're working from. Maybe grow from that. Maybe get some chances to um to succeed and excel. Um, great stuff, Ian. And so from then on, you go ahead. Sure. No, I just wanted to add on to that and say that um, in addition to what you just said, don't try not to let what other people think of you deter you. Mm -hmm. um, one of the jobs I just remembered, I was plunging toilets. So I was plunging classmates' toilets, walking into their rooms, and they're looking at me like, oh, who's this guy looking like a maintenance man? I had people make fun of me, but I didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I knew I had to do what I had to do in order to make ends meet. So to me, if I allowed them to bother me with their opinions or whatever, it would have deterred me. I would have said, oh, why am I doing this? And don't let negative energy get in your mind. I came from plunging toilets, washing dishes. It didn't matter to me. Like my parents uh, did the same thing, same hustle. My mother, I mean, she worked all different kinds of jobs. Now she's sitting back, she's enjoying life. She has the one job and it, it is what it is. But I don't, if I can tell a future entrepreneur something, I would say, don't let the world discourage you. Always keep moving forward. Sure. Great point. Because people will hit you, man. People will knock you down. Um, and it's just a fact of life. There's no smooth road. So you're going to have to face it. And that's a great point you mentioned is the fact that regardless of what they say, regardless of what they, they you know, just focus on your big picture. I always tell people, focus on your big picture. Don't worry about them. They might not even be around next two or three months or a year. So don't worry. They don't matter. Just let it go one through one through the year and one through the other. Um, great point. And so you went from fixing cars, plunging toilets, washing dishes, and then you graduate college. And what's what's what, what's the environment like? Are you heavily in debt? Do you have some money? I mean, how's <laughs> Oh, gosh. So the picture after college was like any other college student um, that came from humble beginnings is you have a lot of debt. Um, I graduated with $88,000 in school loans. And when I had my exit interview and they gave me the bill, of course, like anybody else was broke. You're like, but wait a minute, what about this? And I mean, you just start hacking apart the invoicing and all that stuff. And you realize really quickly that, yeah, you did spend all that money. Um, so now you're thinking, how am I ever going to pay back $88,000 a year? I don't even know if I'm going to get a job getting 30000 $40,000 a year. Mm. Um, don't let it discourage you. School loans um, don't weigh too heavily on your credit as long as you pay them. Uh, they're not um, too bad of an issue. But I come out of school and I'm like, all right, well, I'm trying to get a job. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned this. My hustle to get a job after college was not easy. And I ended up getting my job um, due to a hookup. But I want to walk you through my process for hunting for a job. Six months before I graduated, I, I realized, you know what? I'm going to have to get a job. It's not, it's not a process I should be able to, it's not a process I should start 
when I graduate, but I should start looking into it now. So I started applying a whole bunch of times online. I started looking for different jobs and 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 realized real quick that I have to start, you know, putting my um, face to the name. Um, this was back when resumes were on paper. Now you guys deal with CVs and stuff. So I'm a little old school, but um, nonetheless, um, a lot of discouragement at first um, from people not responding, one. Two, the really discouraging thing for me was I would go in like a suit and tie um, and do unsolicited um, drive-bys of places I um, applied to just to say, hey, here I am. Is there any questions you have and things like that? And I got ran out of a lot of places. One lady even thought I was panhandling and I'm like, I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> how, how, you know, how can you put me so low when I, it's, it's a clean suit? It's not even, you know, but anyways. So there was a lot of rejection. But at the end of the day, just like when I had the jobs in college, I thought I need this job. So whatever it takes, it, I'm going to do that. You're telling me no. You're telling me I'm stupid. You're telling me I'm not dressed right. You're telling me I'm not the right stuff. Didn't matter to me. I was going to keep going. You keep knocking on doors because eventually a door will open. And all I needed was the opportunity. Um, a lot of us that, that, that look like us, all we need is the opportunity. Um, a lot of times people are going to judge you based on your um, appearance. And it's not, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you're black or brown, but I mean, you may walk into an office all tatted up and be white and they look at you crazy as well. Um, the, 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 the problem is always getting the opportunity to prove yourself. Uh, I never had an issue there. So after six months of trying and pretty much failing, the university had a brand new dorm they were putting up and there was a huge contract that they gave this one company in my industry. And so, you know, unofficially, they were like, hey, you know, we got this kid that graduated. He's pretty good. He's, he's into this stuff. You know, is this something, you know, that you can work with? Even though the university had a job for me because I was such a loyal employee, they wanted me to go out first. And if it didn't pan out, come back. Mm. Um, but that's how I got my first job. It was a hookup. Um, but and I'll take it. Um, a little pride was was bruised and or ego was bruised. But you have to take what you can get when you get it. Okay, because the one thing you have to realize is as doors open and close, other doors open and close as well. And over time, like I said, it, it, it's, it, it's always on an upward trajectory. You just can't let society and people hate on you. Sure. That's how, that's great. That's a great point. Um, you know, six months worth of rejection. Guys, it's not easy. Even getting a job. I mean, out of college with a graduate with a, with a high level degree. I mean, you think engineering you'd have a job overnight, but it took them six months, guys. So don't, 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 don't think everything's gonna happen overnight. And he, the way he got the job was through his network, through the people he knew and the people that knew him of a, being a good worker and great um, student helped him get the foot in the door. That's all it takes, guys. One foot in the door, even a pinky in the door. I mean, I did a lot of jobs where I worked for free, a lot of internships, just to get the knowledge and get the experience, and hopefully just a face where they say okay this person works hard let's get him a job because sometimes you have to do that you have to put the time in to work for free or use your network to get the job that you need just get that put in the door to show that you you are eligible to work hard enough and to succeed so guys take that into into account that he used his network to get him a job after six months of rejection guys six months out of college you would think you'd have a job but it took him six months great point and so you got that first job um, how, how's the money? Is it, is it okay? You making some money? Or you... <laughs> so my first job, I made $40,000 a year. 
um, back in 2003. And so that was, to me, amazing. I was like, wow, I have a job now. I can pay some bills. Still had three other jobs. And so <laughs> we're still working around the clock. Um, but I, I, I now, you know, was in the, the workplace. And even in the workplace, you know, you're excited to have a job. But then you get there and you realize nobody's there to help you. Um, and so you have to learn things. Um, the one bit of advice that I would give you as an entrepreneur and just an employee, employee in general is um, life will give you lemons. You have to make lemonade. They may give you something that you think is completely beneath you but you take it and you own it, okay? Um, anybody that sees you owning something that they think is minor, guess what they're going to say? They're going to say, wow, well, if I give him this and he keeps that same energy mm. as he did for this, this small project, it'll always work for you in the end. We always have to work harder as black and brown people. But I don't look at that as, as, as a hindrance. I, don't look at, I look at that as an advantage. We have to be excellent to be considered their equal. So we naturally have to go hard in the paint, basketball reference for those of you who understand. But you, you have no choice but to really go as hard as you possibly can to be considered their equal. Is it messed up? Is it unjust? Absolutely. But are you going to cry over spilt milk or shape your own future? Mm -hmm. I'm a shape my own future type of person. Kenny's a shape his own future type of person. You've heard his story many times. There are a lot of parallels you can draw between his work and my work. I may have had, been in business for 11 years and him much fewer years, but he's on the right path as far as what is needed to move forward. And I love seeing his, his enthusiasm and positive energy and strength every week in trying to convey that. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's going to go out there and tell, yeah, do this, that, and the third. I'm a little bit more pessimistic, but I love the fact that he's bringing me in on this and saying, look, Things will get better. Things are going to be good. You just have to try hard. It may seem like a motivational speaker, but it, what he's saying is facts. And I say that, you know, not to prop him up because he's my family member, because I, I can be very cerebral and straightforward. Sure. Uh, but me having watched him from when he started it to where he is now. So it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Because I mean, I, I one thing that I appreciate is honesty. And, you know, he's being honest, even though he's a family member like he is, he's very honest. He's very blunt. He tells you how it is. That's why I bring him on the show. He's going to tell you exactly how he went through this rough ride of starting a business from zero, guys, from zero, starting as an employee. So if you're an employee right now, does not mean that's the end of your life. That does not mean you cannot start a business. I mean, he was working in his first job out of school and still working his side jobs. That's how much work ethic he had. It doesn't matter if you're black, brown, Asian, Chinese, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yes, you might be a foreigner. Yes, you might have an accent. Yes, you might not have the education. But if you have the work ethic, which he preaches, and 100% I agree. I mean, I wake up at 5 in the morning. I don't know what time you guys wake up. But you wake up early, and which is a simple thing. It gives you a couple more hours ahead of somebody else who wakes up at 8 o'clock. It's just a work ethic, guys. It's a work ethic. If you put the time in and the effort in, you're going to see results. And now we're going to actually start talking about entrepreneurship and so you finished that job, and when when did you say, you know what, it's time for me? Actually, are you still in Boston? Because I know you actually, he's in Maryland right now. I'm, I'm in the D.C. metro um, area. They call it the DMV, and it's basically southern Maryland, yeah. northern Virginia, and D.C. So, and so um, I'm in the D.C. area. So when you, were, when, you were, um, when you finished college, you're still in Boston. And mm -hmm. you start the entrepreneurship in Boston or when you moved down to uh, D.C.? When I moved down to D.C. So... 
when I graduated um, college, I had my first job in Massachusetts. Yep. Me. And um, I had always wanted to leave uh, Massachusetts to see what the world's about. I mean, I'm, I'm a world traveler. I can tell you my life story, but it would take forever. But essentially, this is the third continent that I've lived on in my life. And so I've always been used to exploring different areas. But at the time when I graduated, my judge, or, or sorry, my grandmother, um, she pretty much was like, you need to stay and help your mother because my mother was pregnant with my sister. So I said, all right, you know, let me stay and, and help them out and make sure everything is all right. I was either going to go to California, Chicago, New Orleans, or Texas and Florida. And so I was like, or DC. I just wanted to try one of those major cities to see what life was like outside of Massachusetts. At the time, I was dating uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And so I was like, you know what? She moved down to D.C. to, you know, be close to her brother. So I said, you know what? Let's try D.C. and see what happens. So I came down here and, and hustled. I mean, I stayed with her for three weeks. And those three weeks, I was able to find a job. But I did 18 hours a day not getting paid. I left before she woke up, came back after she came home from work. And that was just glad handing people, getting my face in front of people, going to businesses, seeing what commutes would be like, all different kinds of things. By the third week, I had a job offer for $52,000 a year with a company called EMS. And I was out of her apartment like a week later. So not only did I deal with the pressures of being alone in a different area, I didn't allow... Um, societal constraints and and that loneliness to deter me. That doesn't mean I'm not human. I'm gonna you're gonna have these emotions. You're gonna have these days where you're like, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if it's right. I, you, you're just gonna feel so discouraged. Mm. But just understand that that's just the process. Okay. Um, imagine if you were running track and you you, you know you'll never beat Usain Bolt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so what you have to keep doing is keep trying, making yourself better. Look at Usain Bolt as a motivator, not as a deterrent, right? So you accept that he's you're not going to be as fast as him. That doesn't mean you can be almost as fast as him. And if he's the fastest person in the world, you being second fastest in the world means there's billions of people way behind you. So don't ever look at the situation for what it is. Always look at it for what it could be for you or what it could be or mean for you. Yeah. And, and so you, you got the job down in, in, uh, in DC and, um, how long are you, are you I mean, uh, what's, what's really making you want to go to your own business? What's, what, what triggered it? What, what was the thing that you like, you know what? I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the, of the nine to five. I had two jobs that I rose from the bottom all the way, pretty much to the top. Um, nice. where I could not go anywhere, everywhere I ever landed. Um, me moving created a vacuum. So they would never promote me to a management level. They always kept me to, at the application level and just paid me more money. At first I was like, oh, this is great. I'm just doing, you know, I'm getting paid a lot more money than other people doing the same thing I'm doing. But what I didn't realize was they, my management saw that they could not contain me. They, they were like, we, we're not gonna be able to hold you. The only way we can do it is with money. And so when I quit my job, my, my first job that I got down in Maryland, even the owner said, I was just wondering how long I could keep you because from early on, I saw that you, you, you went through everything. You went through programming, training, commissioning, checkout, all different 
I went through every single discipline in their company. Um, and they realized that I was going to be hard to tame. I took another job with a DOD contractor where same thing. I just rose to the level of where, you know, if I took a different job, I would be creating a vacuum. And so that's when I really started thinking, you know what? Um, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. I kill myself to do it and I don't care. I get paid to do what I love to do. Um, but how can this be better? Um, they're not gonna, you know, promote me. I can't really make more money like this working for the government. I can move from contractor to contractor and make, you know, a hundred grand a year. And it's like, okay, great. Um, but that's really when I was like, you know what? I wonder if I could do this for myself. And it really started like that. And while I've been describing the entrepreneurial spirit from when I was age 18, who knows what that actually means? Um, and so that's when I really started reflecting and saying to myself, this was supposed to be the plan all along. Uh, I was just stuck in the mentality of an employee, but I can do this myself. I can, and I'm going to try. And the original approach was just, I'm going to try because I don't want to have that what if thought 10 years down the line. So if anything, I just tried it to see if it would, I would be successful. Never in a million years did I think it would happen. But people tell me all the time, they're like, look at how you approach things. Look at your work ethic. It, it was a given. It's easy to hear from other people. It's hard to see when you're going through it. So right. that's, that's how I started um, the business. Nice, nice. See, oh, also, sorry. A little, another motivator there was, um, this was around November of 2008. So uh, Barack Obama had just gotten elected and I was like, what? If he can make it to office, I can start this business. So January 13th, 2009, um, a week before his inauguration, I put in my papers and started the business. Wow. Wow. Guys, you can learn so much from that little story right there. I mean, you have to be self-motivated and you have to have your own back, regardless of how many other people back you, you have to have your own back because it is scary. I remember when I left my job, um, and it was so scary because I knew next week I was not going to get a check on Friday. That was one of the scariest things because I'm so used to it. I was so comfortable um, getting a check every week that it was so scary to jump that ship and say, you know what? I'm going to start my own entrepreneurship. I'm going to start my own business. And yes, I had some money in the bank, but you know that money goes fast because the bills come faster than the money. So it's just a fact that every single guy, every single one of you, if you want to start a business, you have to have your own back. You have to support yourself and say, you know what? It's doable. And as long as you see an example here, um, a successful businessman is telling you, regardless of what happens, if you if you work hard enough and you raise in the ranks and you see that you can't you, you, know, you can't go any further, there's a potential to go even higher by starting your own business, which I preach every Wednesday. Is there's so much potential when you have your own business, when you have your own you know enterprise, because it's limitless in terms of how much money you can make. You know, they cap you because there's certain, there's only, that's the amount they can pay you. But if you have your work for yourself, you can work 80 hours a week. You can work 10 hours a week. Depends on what you want to do and how successful you want to be. Um, great stuff, Ian. And so you start your business and let's, let, 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 let's, let's start from how's the first year? How's the first year to go in your first business? Gosh, first year was <laughs> like anything. The first year was really, really tough. I didn't get my first contract for six months. Wow. So imagine um, you've quit your job. I quit my job, by the way. Um, yeah. And before I get into this, one of the things I want to say is you have to put 100% of your energy into something if it's going to grow. Um, the fact that me and Kenny are sitting here saying, hey, you know, we quit our jobs, that didn't come lightly. Exactly. Right? 
<laughs> but our and we have our respective spouses too, so that really didn't come lightly. Um, but what it did was force us to be motivated. And one of the things, one of the positive things that I can say about the situation with COVID, especially with people that are um, employees, if you got laid off and and you're sitting at home, you're probably wondering, well, how can I get my next job? How can I move forward? And the positive that want the positive note or the positive information I want to give you right now is that if you can figure out now what you want to do and what you have passion for, put that energy into yourself. Um, easier said than done because everybody has bills to pay. But what I'm telling you is most people, when they're in their jobs, they're so stuck being in their jobs and that being a lifeline that they're unable to extract that mentality of having to work for somebody else to focus on themselves. It is hard, um, but it's, it's a decision nonetheless. It's just a decision. Um, and if you right now are in the situation where you're sitting at home because you got laid off, if you have, um, if you have the motivation, I would say right now, do what you want to do while looking for a job, but get rid of the what if. You know what I mean? If you if you think of yourself as an entrepreneur and you have an idea, go all in at this point. Go all in. Yes. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. I, no, well, what was the first year? The first year? Oh, first year. All right. So first year was tough. Didn't have a contract for the first six months. I had saved up um, six months worth of um, rent and expenses before I quit my job. So if you do quit your job, um, if you have the choice, I would save up enough for six months. Uh, six months is what it's going to take you to quit your job, get in there, get your feet wet, and and move forward. Um, after that, I was only getting month-by-month month extensions, contract extensions. And then uh, once I got my foot in the door, you know, those became three months. But I had a lot of anxiety. I had so much anxiety, like I had heart palpitations. I went to the doctor and they were like, hey, you know, we see nothing wrong with your body. Everything's fine, but we see this pop of palpitation talk to us, what's going on? And I told them and they were like, oh, you started your own business, it's fresh and you have kids and you're married and you quit your job. So they were like, that's what it is. You need to just calm down. Mm. And so after the first year, I was like, all right, this does work. I've gotten more than one contract. How do I make this better? That's when I started to calm down and say, all right, I know I have a viable skill and a viable business. So now I need to move forward and make it happen. So that, that's how the first year went. It was a lot of heartache, a lot of fighting yourself because you, you don't know if you're going to be successful. You can't see beyond your next paycheck or next month. But what I'm telling you is it will come. You have to have confidence and you have to have faith that it's going to happen. If you have a skill that is is truly good and, 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 and you put your all into it, at the end of the day, six months from now or six months from when you quit your job, you'll know, hey, I had what I have what it takes or I don't. If you don't, it doesn't it doesn't mean you're lesser of a human being or lesser of a person. It just means you tried it, but now you know. And so now that energy you thought you had for the entrepreneurship, now you can put that into your job, right? And when you put it into your job, that same energy, you will rise so high. And you you have the potential to make a lot of money. It also means that okay, now you can make that much more money, which means now you can build up your nest egg to six months, which means 
hey, you may have set yourself up to do this the right way later on. So don't give up and just keep moving forward. 100%. I 100% agree with that. Um, and I tell these guys all the time, especially my audience, that you know the first seven businesses I started all failed. Seven, guys. Seven. I mean, talk about failure. I mean, it was bad, too. Like, I'm talking about zero money, zero nothing. No customers, nothing. So, and, I mean, he was lucky enough the first six months he actually got a contract. And first year, he actually got some money into him. But um, if you guys are starting from zero, you have to understand, it's going to take time, like he said. But if you, even if you are going to start, let's say, you know, you're thinking, you know what, this is the best time to start a business, which is obviously your home. You could always pick up a book. You could always reach out to people who have businesses and just learn from them. And hopefully you can avoid the mistakes that they make. And that way you can be successful like you did in the first year, which is, I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you for that. Um, and when you, when you went after that first six months, you made some money. And then when did you start seeing some serious growth and saying, you know what, I can actually do this. Cause obviously that first contract, you probably think, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> when did you know that no. I can do this and I can be successful? So after the first year, I had the thought process of being able to do it and moving forward. Um, but what really happened after that is a lot of my clients um, were saying, you need to replicate yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, what you're doing is good. You need another one of you. And so that's when I started wrapping my mind around hiring people. Because at the, you know, I've always been the, if you can't, you know, if you, if you want it done right, do it yourself. And you realize real quick that in order to replicate yourself, you have to put faith in other people, um, which is hard. Um, but I would say year two, when I was like, all right, I've had two years of business, I started thinking to myself, all right, I can really do this. And I hired my first employee, man, once you hire employees, game changer on two different fronts, one headaches, because human beings are human beings, <laughs> but two, I cannot stress this enough. You have an employee who is working for you. Let's say you're paying, I'm using easy numbers. Let's say you're paying him $10 an hour. Your service as a company, your overhead and profit is worth $50 an hour, right? So you're paying this person $10 an hour. It costs maybe another $5 to give them benefits and, you know, insurance and things like that. Then there's $35 an hour of nothing, meaning $35 an hour they're working, I'm doing nothing. I'm getting that $35 an hour. So now I'm like, wait a minute. If I, hire, if I have 10 people doing the same thing, like, whoa. And so that's when really I was like, okay, I have an employee. Now I have two employees. That's when the curve changed because that's when everybody started saying, oh, you're not just a one-man band. He's, he's got people. He's probably got, you know, he's got to pay him benefits. He's got to do all kinds of things. That's when the game changed. Um, once you, you're more than one person and you're considered viable, that's when it changed. That's when it was like, oh, all right, boom. And now we're up to 14 people. Wow. Um, I really don't have to work as hard as I do. Right now, I focus mostly on, you know, how to grow the company even bigger. Um, our goal at the end of this year is to have 20 people. End of next year, 30 people. Um it's viable. It's going to happen. Um, I have people on board right now that are their main focus. Their job is to um, get business, is to keep the company running, and and just just you know do it right. Now, it's easy for me to say, um, you know, you just got to put your heart into it. You got to go hard in the pain. They're just words, 
Um, but I do want to leave um, this conversation in saying that none of this would have been possible if you didn't have a support system. For all the hate that you get, for all the discouragement that you, you have, and for all the trials and tribulations when you start your business that you have, it helps to have a support system. Uh, my support system initially, my father-in-law is a judge, so he was my legal representation. Like he would read through the contracts. My best friend was a CPA, so he was helping me, you know, with the, the, the books and all that stuff. So I really had a lot of people in place that that helped make it easier and, and less expensive, if you will. And so don't think of yourself as going at it alone. Don't think that I did it alone. I had a lot of support, not only with my family unit, uh, but people out there, you know, willing to, to, to give good advice. Um, and so it's funny. Um, three people that I've worked for in the past now work for me. That's, 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 that's the ultimate, ultimate irony right there. Um, that's, that's excellent points right there. Guys, if you, if you guys writing down stuff is if you're already a business owner, he just gave you some nuggets right there are perfect, which is you have to replicate yourself. You can't do everything yourself. You have to. And especially if you want to grow as a business owner, if you're running a business by yourself right now, find a way to replicate yourself so you can have other people work for you and you're just managing those people. Great point. Another great point here that I picked up is you have to have goals. I mean, he went from one to two to 14 now, and he has another goal round now of reaching 20 employees, which is a great, you know, great scale from go from, from one person to 20 is a huge step up. So guys, understand that you always have to grab goals every single year. He's mentioned that he has goals of 30 people. You know, these are goals that he's always thinking about and growing his company. He's not satisfied on where he is. So you have to take that into advantage in terms of learning that no matter where you are, no matter how much money you're making, think about growth, always grow and grow, grow your business. Great, great stuff, cuz. And when um now you 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 know the chief, you're the CEO, you're the president, and you know now let's say for somebody who you know like I just want to you know because we're almost done here, if somebody is you know doesn't have what you have, is not as smart as you, how can they start and you know because I know you did some real estate also, right? I just want to talk a little bit about that, and and I'm real estate obviously, but let's say somebody is you know is 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 lost their job, you know, they got furloughed or whatever it is, what, what advice would you give that person? And, you know, if you're in the same situation where they, you know, they don't have the job, they don't, they, they don't know if they're going to get a job and maybe they're behind, they're using their credit cards now to pay their bills. What, what advice would you give that person right now? Find something that you have passion in. Um, I don't say that lightly. When I got into what I was doing, I genuinely liked programming. I genuinely liked the engineering. One plus one is two, no matter who tells you it's three, like it's, it's two and um, things were quantifiable and, and, and things like that. I, I would tell that person, try your hardest right now to find your passion. If you have passion in what it is that you're doing, you will always be successful. Not just saying that. If you have passion in what it is you want to do, you will be successful. And if you're at home right now because of COVID, you have 100% time. So you have 100% of your focus available to move forward. Mm. Um, if you have a situation where you can, um, let's say, you know, you have bills. If you're the head of household, it's a lot tougher. Um, me and Kenny were both head of household, so it was tough. But if you're not head of household right now, you have support. Maybe you're living with another family. Maybe you have a child and you have means to carve out time for yourself to focus on this. That's what I would say. Find something you are passionate about. It may be something you do at work already. It may be something you do on the side. Take time right now to figure out what it is that you like. 
then move forward. Great, great point. Take that to a consideration, guys. If you start from zero, you don't have anything, go after something you love because no matter what, you'll you'll end up getting up and doing it because you do you love it. That's the whole point he's trying to make there. Great stuff. Just got a couple more questions here. These are the ones that kind of the fun ones here. So let's see. What's the what's the number one habit would you say that contributes to you, to your success, cousin? Waking up at four in the morning. Um, I've been waking up at four in the morning for the greater part of the last ten years. Um, you hear that a lot, but I don't think people do a good job of explaining why. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, wake up at four o'clock and hustle and hustle and hustle." Four o'clock, the general population is asleep. The, between the hours of four a.m. and eight a.m., those are my most productive hours. After 8 a.m., people start showing up. People are emailing. People are doing, you know, just occupying your time. But between 4 and 8 a.m., you're fresh out of sleep. By the way, get seven hours plus a night. <laughs> but between 4 a.m. and 8 a.m., I have all this time to think, not only of what I'm going to do during the day, but to plan ahead. Mm. And so a lot of that time in the morning I value because I have time to actually think. When you wake up and you just hit the ground running and, and just keep running, that's how not to be an entrepreneur because you don't give yourself enough time to think, to work through problems, to ask people for their opinion and questions and things like that. When you attend um, Zoom meetings like this with, with Kenny, take what he says to heart. If you have questions, ask them. He has a vast network that includes me where he can get you the answer. And that's if he doesn't already know the answer himself. Um, just support. Look for support and look for something you're passionate about. Sure. Definitely. Great, great habit to have, guys. I think it's up late a little bit, but I, I'm waking up. I'm not waking up at four. I'm waking up at five. But great habit. He wakes up at four o'clock in the morning, guys. All right, here. Let's say, uh, what's the most exciting project you're currently working on? Um, gosh, we have so many different projects, and I love what I do. So they all hold a special and dear place. But if the most exciting thing that I would say right now I'm doing for the Department of the Navy. Um, and the reason it's exciting is because we started out with building automation systems and now we do a lot more. So we have this project um, that we're doing for the Navy. It's a two and a half million dollar project. And we are now getting into um, construction where we sit. We've typically sat in an area that's under the construction arena versus engineering. And so what I've been able to do over the last 10 years is extract us from the construction arena and put us in the engineering arena. But there's so much money to be made in construction that now we're moving back into that um, area, but we're much more um, positioned or structured to, to execute the work. So I'm, I'm excited because we're doing brand new things and we're successful at it. And the client is loving it. They're giving us more business. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited that I finally reached the point um, in the company where I can focus on the growth of the company versus actually executing the work. Nice. Great, great stuff. Great stuff right there. Um, let's see here. Come, just a couple more and then we're almost done, Cuz. Um, what was the worst deal that you ever had or let's say worst situation and what did you learn from it? Um, my first year, there was a lot of insurances that I paid that I didn't realize I didn't have to pay. Um, a workman's compensation for the first year and a half, only to find out that if you're an individual in a company, you don't need um, workman's comp because you are the owner, you are the entity. 
you need workman's comp once you start hiring people. So things like that, I didn't know. Those are the types of things that I would want to be a part of your your, your circuit here um, and invest in your future to tell people, like, look, if you're starting a business and you have a particular question, get on here. Um, Kenny will reach out to me and say, hey, you know, if we're doing this once a month or once every other month or whatever we decide, those are the things that I definitely want to be here for to, to, to help guide you through. Um, there were a lot of tough lessons I learned because I didn't have any, you know, any peers or role models in my particular industry. Um, I was the 28 year old guy with a brand new, you know, business in a room full of 50, 60 year old white guys. So I, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I didn't have any role models. So I learned a lot of tough lessons on my way to where I am today. It's taken me 11 years. Um, what normally takes, you know, people three, four years. But the one thing I will say is I'm, I am on solid footing right now. I can't go down. There's only up and it's going to be an explosion. Um, but I, don't, I don't sit here and say, oh, well, it took me six extra years and yeah, yeah. No, it took me six extra years. So what? Mm. I'm still in a good place. I'm still moving upward and you can't let that bother you. So. Sure. Great, great stuff. Um, and who would you say the most influential person to, uh, for you, for either your business or your studies or just your success, would you say who's the most number one influential person? Number one motivation. A number of people that, that I looked up to. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do in life until I graduated college, believe it or not. Um, and so when you get into these different positions where you're kind of making life decisions or reflecting on life, think to yourself, um, who is responsible or who has been responsible for you reaching where you are and what is it about them that made you um, who you are. And so I did a lot of reflecting. And like I said earlier, the support network um, for when I started my company, I I definitely, you know, um, appreciate them. I appreciate my family Mm. and the real motivator um, even back then and now is, um, paving the way for, for my, my wife and kids. Um, that's really my motivator. Um, as far as influential role model, constant, um, documentary and, and, and reading of books. (laughs) A lot of times, yeah, a lot of times people will tell you things, but there's so much more information in books, um, that relate to perspective. Um, perspective is the most, um, misunderstood word, I swear, on this planet. Um, I could, me and Kenny um, see a lot of things alike, but that doesn't mean that we have the same perspective. He may look at, you know, a yellow light while driving down the road and think to himself, I got to hurry up, otherwise I'm going to get locked up here in, on this red light. And then other people may see that same yellow light and be like, oh, if I get through that, you know, if I drive through that, I'm going to get a ticket. Other people may say, you know what, let me slow down. I don't want to hurt anybody. There's so many different perspectives for the same scenario. So what I would say is um, gain clarity on perspective and 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 use your, your role models um, accordingly. Nice. Great. And then last question here, so I can get you. I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, what would you say the number one book you would suggest for anybody out there listening that you'd suggest for them to read? Could be a business book, could be a motivational book, could be a, you know, anything. What book would you say would you guys give, leave my audience with? 
not any specific book, but yep. what I would what I will say is there's a lot of application and parallels you can draw between yourself and people like Bill Gates and um, um, gosh, what is his name? Who's the other rich guy? Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. <laughs> so, <laughs> those guys are like billionaires, but there's a lot of parallels you can draw between their billions and your thousands or hundred thousands or, or millions. Mm. And, and that is how they started and what headaches that they had. Um, I don't care who you are. You, you To get to a billion dollars, you have to have gone through strife. It's not just handed to you. And so I would say read a lot of books that that um, Bill Gates has um, as they relate to the earlier days. Steve Jobs, um, the CEO of Oracle. Um, gosh, what's his name? Can't remember his name, but the CEO of Oracle. Oprah um, has a good one. These are all stories of people that that started um, at the bottom and have made it. And I said, there's a lot of parallels you can draw between their struggle in your struggle because everybody goes through it at some point um going from rock bottom to where they are so. great great thank you thank you thank you that's that's some wise advice from a highly successful businessman guys ian malera a president ceo of conquest solutions he started from zero i mean put himself through college working 10 to 12 jobs you know finding a way to hustle to make any end, ends meet and then using his network after six months of struggle and rejection to get a job, to get a foot in the door to show that he's worth it and he could be able to work hard enough. And then moves down to Maryland, I'm sorry, DC, and starts his own business, starts his own enterprise, and goes a year, almost a year without a contract, but actually still puts the grind in, wakes up at four in the morning to put the time in, guys. What time are you waking up to see your dreams come true? Um, he's put the time in. He's went from one person to 14 people now working under him making him millions. I mean, he's worked himself to a level of success where he doesn't have to put the grind in anymore. So guys, you have to take advantage of all the information he's giving you. He's giving you some great tips on how to succeed in terms of motivate yourself. Use your support system, use your network, you know, use people's uh, previous knowledge in terms of books and knowledge, and also reach out to people who can help you. I mean, it's a simple, it's not, you don't get anything until you ask. So make sure you ask. This is the platform we try to give out for. I mean, we, I don't get paid for this. I didn't give Ian any money. He just showed up on his own time. And he's willing to give back in terms of knowledge because you guys can learn so much from someone who's been in the business for 11 plus years. So guys, first of all, I want to say thank you, Ian, for coming on. I appreciate taking the time. Um, where can guys, people reach out to you if they want to reach out to you? Anything you want to put out there? Anything you want to promote? Um, if you're, if you want to see what we're doing as a business, um, go to www.conquest-solutions with an S.com. Um, that'll give you a little bit of, um, information that, um, as to who we are as a company. If you want to reach out to me as far as asking questions and, 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 and doing businesses, I would say the first step right now would be to reach out to Kenny and and treat it as a a mechanism for um teaching the masses you may be confident enough to ask um kenny a question that somebody else isn't and so by using this platform as a mechanism to answer those questions we'd be doing not only yourself but other people um a service because you know you you may be confident enough to ask the question and 10 people aren't
but if we use this platform, now those 10 people are getting answers and they can move forward accordingly. 100%, 100% agree. Guys, reach out to us. Um, info at coronagroup.com. All the links will be in the show notes wherever you listen to this, whether that's on YouTube, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, um, wherever you listen to this, leave us a comment, leave us a like. We appreciate that. We get about four or 5,000 listens per episode, so we appreciate that. And we're also everywhere now. I see the people in Pakistan, China, India, and wherever you are, reach out to us. We can help as much as we can, and maybe we can give you some resources, but don't be afraid to ask. That's the whole point is giving this, giving this um, information to make sure we give you guys back as much as we can in terms of value and also in terms of information to improve yourselves and hopefully invest in your future. Ian, thank you again for bringing out all your knowledge and bringing up all your, your life situations. We appreciate all the uh, information you gave us. We know Ian's definitely investing in his future. I hope you guys invest in your future. Until next Thursday, guys, I'll see you at the top. Thank you for having me, Kenny. Really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you.